you're listening to a certain degree. I'm Nick Jorgudiu. Questions. We all have them. And we may think we know what the answers are, or we might be too afraid to ask them. In either case, we're missing out on some really amazing answers. On this show, I try to craft good questions to keep the audience interested and to keep the person I'm talking to interested. A lot of the people I'm having conversations with get interviewed quite often, so much so that they have canned responses ready for a lot of the questions that come at them. I'd like to think I'm uncanned. Uncanny. I am an uncanny question asker. I would like to think that. An interview question I started asking recently is relevant as we return to some level of normalcy. It's a pretty simple one. It's called first, last, next. Pick an event category, whether it's music concerts, theater plays, or something else, and tell me about the first one you went to, the last one you attended, and the next one you're looking forward to. The first person to answer that question, Tease Mallon. Since they're a teacher and a coach and a person who helps inspire others, it was an easy topic to pick. Self-improvement conferences. For me, the first one was with uh, Steve, Steve Pavlina, who's out in Las Vegas. Funny. Um, and I remember that, oh man, when was this? This was back probably about 14 years ago oh, okay. that I attended this yeah. workshop out there. And I was really excited. That was you know, my first big event that I was going to. And I think it was like a, a five-day sort of retreat. And he, he was really focused in, you know, just like that, like personal development umbrella and how to be more effective and how to lead and um, how to develop habits that, that were healthy. And I remember that the event happened over Halloween weekend. And so we got the opportunity to, to dress up. And oh, during the conference? During the conference. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we had to plan it out ahead of time because, sure, you, you had know, to bring traveling, everything. Yeah. yeah. And so... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to buy costumes in Las Vegas, no. Nevada. There's not going to be a lot of choices, and the choices that you have are going to be very revealing. Yeah, and so I was like, hmm. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't really care about traditional sort of costumes, you know. I'm like, if I, if I could just dress up for fun and, like, be anything, what would I be? And that, and then I started put, putting things together. I'm like, oh, well, I really like capes, and so I'm going to have a cape. And then, you know, it's like I'm like, okay, I see there's, like, a vampire theme sort of, like, developing here. But then I liked some, like, crazy glitter makeup. And, you know, it just it, it kind of evolved into this mix of, like, vampire drag queen. So you just mashed it all up. Mash, mash up. It. And yeah. uh, I remember getting some really funny looks, but I had fun and I claimed it and it was like my thing and I did the whole you know gluing down my eyebrows and painting them you know really like sharp and angular and yeah so anyway so that was my experience that's one of the the key moments that I remember from that workshop is having dressed up and then that day we did this exercise where we you know did like you know eye contact with somebody and then like embrace for a really long time and Aww. and here we are like all dressed, all dressed up as up. these Perfect. funny things yeah That's amazing it was interesting so so there was that last year not last year, two years ago now, because pandemic, um, uh, my friend Greg and I, who is like my buddy for all of these now, like retreats and workshops and conferences, we went out to India and we, we did a meditation retreat 
at the Oneness Temple, which is this huge, amazing, beautiful meditation temple, all white in marble, mm-hmm. out in the middle of nowhere in India. And, and that was amazing. And uh, they have, I, I believe, one of the largest meditation halls in the world. So in one room, and, and they, they built it specifically on this location because uh, based on like the energy uh, nexus yes, lines, all that areas, stuff. Yeah. yeah, that that's like one of the hot spots, and so um, yeah, so this place is amazing, and you know the idea of like bringing all these people together to meditate at once and bring about more peace was to that, the world. Uh, meditating in that space, what, was that a very visceral experience because of that? It was, yeah, it was. It, there was something really special about yeah. it. It was really beautiful. Nice. Yeah. Okay, and so that's first, that's last. Yeah, What's and then next? up next is Sedona. Sedona, um, just actually in a couple of weeks, I'm off with Greg again, and we're going to go to Sedona and do an energy workshop to, to you know start connecting with energy and feeling energy. I don't really know what to expect, but I'm open and I'm curious. Yeah. And he's he's studied with these instructors before, and so I'm just ready to see what there is to experience there. And, and I've always wanted to go to Sedona. I do hear that the energy there is like palpable. Like the moment you get into the city, you can yeah. like feel the energy in the air. So I'm curious, will I feel it? So let me ask you this, because I know you as a teacher. I know you as a coach. I know you mm-hmm. as someone who goes out and helps people with the stuff that they're working on. I know a lot about the communication side, but I'm sure there's more to... Uh, what you do and how you interact with people. 14 years ago, when you went to your first one, was that with the intention of learning from others, synthesizing it for from your experience, looking it through the lens of your eyes, and then being able to modify it to teach others? Or was that l- just for you, just so you could be a better person, and maybe it translated into some of the other stuff that you were doing? So when I first started my own journey and healing out of a lot of being miserable for many, many years, the very first like moment, like a realization of like peace that I got within myself was the moment that I knew I wanted to do this work for other people for the rest of my life. So yes, when I went to that first one, I I was doing so with the intention of I want to learn as much as possible because I want to then share it. I, I do want to teach this work. So in some cases, my understanding is like you would go, uh, there are certain programs you could do where you do their program, right? Like mm-hmm. you would uh, you would be taught. So it's not so much a conference and a, uh, a seminar. It's more of a you get taught that and then you pass that type of coaching, that type of teaching along. My impression is that you did not do that. You have gone out and you find something from this area that you like and you incorporate that and this makes sense to you so you incorporate that and you put those two things together and you've created something else but you're creating your own thing yes there was a few uh companies organizations that that i learned from that at one point i was like okay is this it is this you know do i do i fully believe this am i wanting to teach this work to others and it was never a full yes. Yeah. There were, there were elements, but I really appreciate learning from many different people, many different spaces. And now, yes, this is like me pulling the best of what I've found and what's worked for me in my perspective. 
and and sharing that with others. And I, I really do not resonate when, when people say, oh, this program, this is like the one and only thing that anybody needs or everybody needs this thing. Because I don't believe we're like that. I believe that we connect with like say the same thing being taught in you know five different ways I, I believe that those five different ways that it's being taught are important because each one will be said slightly different or, or proposed differently or taught yeah. differently in different methodologies and it's valuable to have choice in how you're learning something well you might only take away one component of something mm-hmm. right like this really this type of way to schedule or this, you know, this idea of being able to say no to things. Yeah. And I think right now I feel really privileged in kind of like the, the stage that I'm at with what I'm doing, because now it's not, no longer just... What stage just, would you call that? Is it the final stage? No. Is it the penultimate? Mm, third? Maybe third. I'd go with third. <laughs> Is it like getting to third base? <laughs> Have you gotten to third base with your... Yes, with your, but like home run doesn't come for like you know, another like two bases, I guess. Right. My, okay, my, so my baseball game, has. <laughs> in this game, there are 16 bases. There we go. Yeah. Yes, yes. And now, you know, third base Perfect. is delightful in many ways. But um, <laughs> on many levels. <laughs> on many levels. What are we talking about? <laughs> We're coming back to this. Uh, <laughs> in my work, I feel really privileged in, in where I'm at because now it's no longer just pulling from other places. Now it's me getting to say, no, this is my take on this. Yeah. These are my tools. I'm getting to create, not just curate. And and that's been really fun. And it's like I'm almost tickled that that people respond or people will like listen to to what I'm saying. I think I think that's still that's still feeling new. I mean I guess I've been doing this work for, for a while, but it, I'm still really honored and, and connected to that sense of privilege of having people's attention and trust. Yeah. I think once you get jaded to that and you've seen that with some of, uh, or it's obvious with some of the people who do, I'll use the term self-help, but I know that's not what you do, but those self-help people Mm -hmm. that are out there that they're just, this is, they're just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Cause that's, it's worked for them up until that point. And then they, it's easy. I think that'd be my biggest nightmare. Yeah. Well, growing up though, like that was what like, I dreaded this idea of getting a nine to five and then coming home, eating dinner, watching TV, going to bed, waking up, doing the same, living for the weekends, living for vacation, living for retirement. I, I was like, no, I can't imagine doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Like interviewing, being interviewed <laughs> by me. This is the third time we've done this. Yeah. Well, this is fun. Okay. So, good. You Oof, know. That's good. I change it up a little bit every time. I think we have a different conversation each time. We certainly do. And that's because Tease Mallon is amazing. Find out more about them and the work that they're doing at ellerinstitute.org. That's E-L-A-R institute.org. Questions don't need to be overly complicated to be difficult. And difficult isn't bad. The interviews I do, I hope, are a combination of serious and fun especially since the people I talk to are a combination of serious and fun, such as Brendan Byrne, WMFE space reporter, is here from the Are We There Yet podcast. So you know his dulcet tones are significantly better than mine. (laughs) Brendan, I wanted to ask you this because you're good at a lot of things 
and you have a lot of different interests, but I wanted to ask, what is the, your favorite thing that you're good at? I, so I struggled with this one, Nick, uh, cause we've talked about, we've talked about things that I enjoy doing, uh, like making beer and, yeah. and all that. And I wanted to try to not talk about that for this question. I think, so I think the thing I'm really good at that I really enjoy doing that drives my wife crazy is. I'm really good at collecting video games and not playing them <laughs> or not finishing them. <laughs> so I probably have like between digital and physical copies, probably like 200 video games. Nice. And I can't tell you, like I can count on one hand how many I've actually played all now, the way through. <laughs> is this, is this across many consoles or are you a specific, yeah. Oh, yeah. like a PlayStation oh, yeah. this guy, is, Xbox guy? This is, I, I have a PS4. I've got my PC. I just bought a new Xbox series X um and yeah i can't tell you the last game that i finished <laughs> but i can tell you that i have most of them so well i think so uh, i would imagine part of it is an appreciation for the game you see the previews you see the uh the demos and you're like i i just i appreciate this so much so much work went into it i have to own it yes because it's a yeah. piece of art in a way yes it is and i definitely buy into the hype like i see those teaser trailers and I, I I have to get it. I also like, and I have to get every space game, obviously. So, obviously. um, you know, I, you know, that's, it's that's part of your research for your show, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I've, I've, I think I've, I've tried to get a little bit better with it, but, uh, I still, I still collect and, uh, <laughs> they just collect dust. But, so uh, time, time is an issue because most of these games, they're designed to suck you in and take up, hundreds if not more hours yes. of playtime to finish yes right and that's the point right you don't want something that's going to be done right. in an hour right um so then what is besides the time component do you like start it and you get bored with it or what happens when you actually play the game so i've learned that i cannot play online games because i'm terrible at them like anytime i try to play a like a first person shooter or or something like that i'm just the, the 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 threshold for me to get in and, and enjoy it, I'm just I'm very I get frustrated <laughs> very easily. <laughs> um and then like I, I realized that like some games I just they're so good I don't want them to end. Yeah. So then I just stop playing them. Stop playing. <laughs> so like I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and it's like it's such a great story. And we were getting towards the end of it. I was like, I know where this is going and I don't want it to go there. So I just, I turned it off and stopped playing. <laughs> I like that. It's like a good book. You just yeah, don't, I, I love don't the characters. I'm like, into this. I'll jump back into it another Put time. It aside. Uh, so I think that's, that's where I'm at, but um, I've, I've gotten better. I've, I've, I've embraced the subscription model of video games now, which yeah. I think is like the best thing in the world. Um, and it definitely saves me a lot of money where I can, I don't feel bad. I can just spend 15 bucks a month and download a bunch of games and realize I don't like them and download a bunch more games. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm really good at. Nick is not finishing a video game. <laughs> I feel like there's a new podcast idea here. It's not so much a review of the video game. It's just like here, here's the box and yeah. <laughs> here's my initial impression of it. I have not played it. Loading screen it's, was great. Love the menu. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The sound quality and the design is perfect. The screen where you have to adjust your brightness was very creative. They did a yeah. great job with that one. I've seen a lot of those screens. <laughs> I like that. And it could be a podcast because you don't need any visuals for it. You don't need to yeah. be on Twitch streaming because that's yeah. going to be very short show uh -huh. on Twitch. 
and I tried like I'm like maybe I don't like playing video games I like watching video games and then like I would get on Twitch and like no I don't like this at all I want to be playing so I, I, I don't know what my problem is <laughs> so. I think it's just time management I think it's scheduling an hour uh let's say every three hours <laughs> that's what you need you know someone was telling me like oh you need to play the witcher 3 i'm like oh, okay it's like that's like hundreds of hours of yeah. content to get through that game I'm like i don't i don't have the time so then i'll like i'll fire up my wife's switch and play super mario world or something there you, go. <laughs> you know well and maybe that's it maybe there's just like a, a version of witcher 3 that instead of 60 dollars, whatever it costs it's 40 dollars, and it's just the highlights right give me like the kids abridged version like the the children's illustrated classic of video games okay uh, future, <laughs> got something. Video, future bad business idea i love it <laughs> Brendan, thank you so much. Brendan is the WMFE space reporter. You can hear him all the time on 90.7, but specifically Tuesdays at 630 for Are We There Yet? His space radio show plus podcast. And I I think there's there's like some stuff going on in space world, right? Like right now? Just a few things. Yeah, It's, yeah. it's, it's a relatively busy time for for space <laughs> so eventually this show is going to expand to like two and a half three hours right we're going to need it yeah we're going to need yeah. all the time in the world so yeah all right very good <laughs> thanks brendan thanks nick i'm not sure if this is the right way to do things but when i come up with a good question i ask it of at least three people i don't know why three is a magic number when it comes to this sort of thing although three is a magic number for a lot of different reasons but that's my approach to asking a question and seeing if it lands with the person I'm talking to, with the audience. Sometimes it is immediately apparent that this is the best question that I could have ever written or thought of. And sometimes it's kind of lackluster. Not because of the person I'm asking, but because there's an obvious and an easy answer. But that third time, someone like Jeremy Sagers comes along and takes it in another direction that ends with the time he met Professor Snape. I was thinking about the Desert Island Disc question. (laughs) Who's the artist? What's the CD? And what's the blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to ask that. So I was like, okay, what else can I do? And one of the ones that came up was the Desert Island Decade. I was like, oh, this will be good. This might be interesting. And it's not. Because what (laughs) happens is you are always going to pick, whether it's artist, disc, decade, whatever, you're going to pick something that was from your teenage years hmm. because that was the thing that in its in its way comforted you the most hmm. you were the most emotional and so you were the most i don't almost like open hmm. to having that sort of cathartic musical experience and so if you're a gen xer then it's going to be 70s and 80s if you're a millennial mm-hmm. then it's going to be 90s and maybe a little bit of 2000, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what that desert island question is that would be of interest. You know, though, I got to say, I I wouldn't, I would maybe pick music well, you're from gonna, the 70s. You're going to pick the 1840s. I know. I'm going to pick the 1840s, definitely. Um, <laughs> pick Baroque. Um, no, I honestly, the... When I when my musical tastes kind of like coagulated, um, yes, and matured or whatever, yeah. it wasn't in my teens. It was in my twenties, 
and it wasn't the music of the mid-90s, mid-90s. It was, um, honestly, the music of the, of the 60s and, and 70s with Tom Waits and Leonard Cohen, um, Nina Simone, uh, Joni Mitchell, um, and uh, with some exceptions here and there. But um, I think it would have been especially what was happening in theater in the sixties, like that would have been the time for me to be alive. Like 10, like 20 years earlier, like if I had been born 20 years earlier, I would have hit that time. Maybe even earlier than that. Um, I would have hit that time like right on to be like a part of, 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 of so much that was happening artistically and well, obviously and socially and politically in the sixties and early seventies, um, that really is exciting to me. And that is kind of part of my, um, mm, I want to say like mission statement or whatever, but my, not my, um, not my ethos, but like, not my ethos either, but my, what's, what's the, what's a, what's the word when you're like, it's your not mantra, but just kind of your, I guess MO, but there's this thing happening in the, in the sixties. Um, Peter, this, this, this theater maker named Peter Brook wrote a book called the empty space. And it was basically like, you can do theater anywhere. And when I read that, I was like, Oh my God. Yes. That's, and that's kind of, as you know, that's kind of like what I've taken with me. That's Mm -hmm. my, that's the force that drives me. And, um, if I had been around when he first wrote that, I think I would have like lost my mind. I would have been right on board with, with that movement. Um, so as far as like desert Island decade, I would say the sixties. So that's interesting because you're looking at it as, uh, it wasn't the time, you know, the early 90s or mid 90s when mm-hmm. you were, again, you were a teenager or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, it was when you feel the most connected, I guess. Yeah, yeah connected. Yeah. Well, the, it's I discovered about to, yeah. uh, to theater, which mm-hmm. you love. Theater and music, all like art in general. I mean, I discovered about that era in in the mid 90s i discovered about the 60s and everything that happened and 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 um did uh you know i did hair in college and all that and and uh did uh, the who's tommy in college and like was doing all of the stuff that was like written in this period and and first heard like i said i went through you know all the artists that 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 um kind of came up in that time and, and that really speak to me and they all come out of, um, yeah, for the most part, sixties, early seventies. Um, and I don't know what it is. Cause I'm, I mean, like, look at me, I'm not, you know, in any way like a hippie or anything. So like aesthetically, it's not my thing, but I think it's just like whatever their, um, I don't know whatever the energy was about. It felt, it felt at the time, like it was something kind of, um, exciting in 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 culture that was happening even in film so um 
in 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 the 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 movie stars, the actors, the movie stars, the actors of that era were not your traditional like handsome matinee idol types, right? It was like the Peter Fondas and the Jack Nicholsons and um, and Robert Duvall and like those kind of guys were the were the movie stars that were coming up with the actors that were coming up and they just look like just everyday guys dudes yeah dudes they weren't like the handsome you know like dashing but they were just real people the dennis hoppers like those guys and um easy rider and and you had you know scorsese beginning and you had like people making um these just like slice of life dramas you know and um the style of acting was changing it wasn't just so presentational anymore and it was really earthy and down to earth and and that's something that's really interested me as as a director um so yeah i think it's just a whole i don't know what it was what it was about that era but it just um so you became infatuated with it because in many ways you were connected to it in a way that you weren't connected to maybe what was going on right then in theater. Yeah, yeah. Right. In the in the mid nineties it was I mean, Broadway was like getting ready to blow up. I mean it was just like become was getting ready to become Disney Disney fied in, in, in the mid nineties and in the late nineties especially. And then well, it's it's yeah. commoditized, right? Oh, yeah. Like theater is commoditized right. for the most part. Right. You look at something like a Hamilton or something along those lines, which is great. Yeah, yeah, and yeah wonderful. Yeah. That's great. No, um, well, but, even, even more than that, like like just Times Square. I mean, it was like now it's just like I would have loved to have been, lived in Times Square, been to Times Square in the '60s when it was you know dirty and like you know there were there was porn everywhere, you know, and like now it's like a mall. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just a big shopping mall basically, um, and uh, and you know, and, and I think it was with with. The, those big musicals, the Les Mis, the, the Miss Saigons, the Phantoms that came in in the 80s that really started to change Broadway and theater, like mainstream theater, and then just carried right on through with The Lion King. Like when The Lion King came along, that was like the steamroller that just paved Broadway <laughs> literally down and then Disney just took over and moved in. So let me ask you this, because I think this brings up an interesting topic, is uh, theater was one of the last, or still is one of the last areas where you can guarantee a safe experience. I know what kind of experience I'm going to have when I go to see a movie, to see a Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. I know what kind of experience I'm going to have when I go to see a Lion King musical. Mm -hmm. But theater in general, and Fringe is a great example of Mm -hmm. this, I have no idea. Mm. Um, now, I would say that now it's a, li- it's a lot more polished than it used to be. You used to be able to go in and it was mm-hmm. a hot garbage. <laughs> but you didn't know it was going to be. It was kind of like this thrill of discovery. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the same for a lot of theater is that you're going to see something taken in a direction that you're not going to see in other mm-hmm. things. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think of Orlando like that as well, that downtown used to be like a scary place to go. Mm-hmm. And it still is, right? Like it's, but for it's, different reasons. It's much easier to go to <laughs> Disney Springs. It's much easier to go to Universal City yeah, Walk. But it's, it's a, downtown's a gated community. Let's be honest. I mean, oh, like yeah, it's, for sure. it's, 
you know, as far as like, yeah, safety goes, I, I love going to theater that doesn't feel safe. I love going to theater that, that, I you don't going, know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And I love going to, I love, honestly, I love going to see things that make me have a strong reaction, whether it's good or bad. I think everybody needs to see, I think all theater makers specifically and, 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 and artists need to see crap, need to see stuff that they don't like because then they hone their taste. They discover, oh, I don't like that. And then they can talk about why they don't like it. If you're only playing it safe and you're only going to go see the stuff that, you know, you know, 100% you're going to love, you know, that's right on brand for you. Then how do you know that you're what you really like and what you don't really like? It's just you're just seeing everything that's safe for you, for your taste. You know, if all you ever did was go see, you know, anything that's uh, rom-coms. Like, okay, rom-coms, I'm just going to see rom-coms. There's nothing wrong with a good rom-com, you know. Sure. But if that's all you're going to see, then how do you know you won't like something that's like a foreign drama or a documentary? You know, you you don't know that. And you don't really know why you like rom-coms, except for the safe. You don't know, like, well, is it the structure that you like? Is it the, some formula that you like? Is it this idea of an underdog story, getting the the girl or the guy or whatever? Like, what is it about it that you actually like? Um, being able to articulate those things, I don't think you actually can until you experience something that you don't like and you can say, I didn't like that because X, Y, Z. So... I think it's important for, for, and especially for artists, to see stuff, to experience stuff that they they don't know if they're going to like it or not. Yeah, formulaically takes them out of their comfort, comfort zone. zone. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, it, and they may hate it. And this is not an original, this is not an original um, suggestion, by the way. Um, Alan Rickman gave me the recommended this so this is the, the um alan, yeah for anyone alan rickman professor snape all that um I met him one time with a friend of mine and we asked him what is the number one what's the thing that you number one suggestion for young artists and he said see a lot of theater or read a lot of theater see a bunch of stuff that is bad see bad theater because then you'll know that it's bad because you'll have experienced it don't take someone's word for it. Experience it yourself and be able to talk about why. So I'm, I'm passing along Alan Aww. Rickman's <laughs> words of wisdom. I think, they're, I think it's very wise. Because yeah. since, since then, I mean, that, that, was, that was like uh, 10 years ago, I think. Um, and ever since, yeah, I've seen some crap. And at least I can talk about it, you know. Um, and not just kind of leaving it as as oh that was bad but like why did you think it was bad let's talk about it, you know follow jeremy on facebook to learn about what he's working on and a little bit of the crap that he's seen jeremy s-e-h-e-r-s on facebook another metric of success for a good question is if you get good advice during the answer and i think it was pretty obvious that i got good advice from everyone there Thank you to Brendan, Jeremy, and Tease for appearing on the show. To learn more about everyone you heard, go to a certain degree.com. And thank you for listening. Some of the interviews featured in this episode were recorded at the Heavy in Winter Park, located at the old Lombardi's building. Come by and say hello to me sometime if you like. The music for the show is provided by the very brilliant Nicholas Roberts. 
Check out his work at nicholasrobertsmusic.com. You've been listening to a certain degree.